Welcome to the first episode of Dice Ashes. I'm Nate. I'm Mike. And what we're going to do on this podcast is we're going to both smoke the same cigar and give you notes throughout the episode. And the episode will last as long as the cigar does. So, Mike, what are we smoking tonight? We are smoking Flathead 660s by CAO. These happen to be one of my favorite uh, reasonably priced cigars. Moderately priced. It's not uh, crazy expensive, but it's not a cheapo either. And they're a little flatter. It's a six-inch box press cigar with a blunt nose. So, they're good. I would suggest everybody have one. <laughs> you got I yours figured lit? we'd start with something safe. Yes, I do. Me as well. I put a crosscut <clears throat> a cross cut on the tip with the V-cutter. Just yep. so Mike rocks the V-cut. They know. Yeah, Mike rocks the V-cut, and I just do the straight guillotine for right now. So He has yet to convince me. That's one of our biggest arguments in life. <laughs> well, it's a pressing issue on today's political scene. Yes, if we could solve solve you know cross cut V cut versus straight cut, uh, you know I don't know the government would never shut down, and there would be peace on earth. Yes, and definitely goodwill towards all men and women. Now, I was hoping for a lot on V cut versus cross cut. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are your initial impressions? I know we've both smoked this one before. We have. I don't like the uh, first half an inch or so on these. Yeah, the initial is a little, it's a little bitter. Yeah, <clears throat> they, they start off a little bitter, but they they really improve throughout the cigar, I think. So I'm not saying you have to power through the first half an inch, but it's <laughs> well, not going to be that impressive. I've heard that before. <laughs> you have a half an inch to power through? <laughs> well, it helps to get it in a little bit, you know. Nate will find this interesting. The my dog is watching me through the, the window of our porch. <laughs> yeah, I suppose we should uh, talk a little bit about our smoke setups. So, uh, Mike's got a really nice uh, screened-in, kind of insulated porch, and then I'm sitting out in a snowbank because we're both in Minnesota. Um, but I don't smoke in my house because we've got a toddler, and. Um, We've got a little fire pit ring out here, and I've got that kind of going. It's kind of getting going now. I was a little worried about five minutes ago. Yeah, I have a Four Seasons porch with uh, knotty pine on uh, a wall and a ceiling, and, of course, uh, heaters and everything. So I won't be getting cold, fortunately. Of course, it's a uh, balmy, like, 35 here today in Minneapolis, so perfect for sitting in a snowbank with a cigar. It was beautiful today. I uh, was hot wearing a sweatshirt, funnily enough. That time of year. See, now I'm about a half inch in and it's starting to taste pretty good. Uh, Mike's a fast smoker. I'm a little slower. Mm -hmm. But we want you to know whatever speed you smoke, that's okay with us. Yes, we accept all speed of smokers here. <laughs> so maybe we should give everyone a little bit of background on, on ourselves. Sure. <clears throat> Do you want to uh, go first? Not really, but I can. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm Nate Phillips, and I got a degree in film and video, which is very helpful in the job market. Um, 35, 
like cigars and um, like movies, videos, music, board games, sarcasm, that sort of thing. Um, we can tell a story about how we met and uh, kind of why we named our podcast what we named, but uh, why don't you tell a little bit about yourself, Mike? Sure. I am 34. I dropped out of college uh, right before my capstone class to go work in the oil field in North Dakota. <laughs> and I got my electrical license out there, and now I do maintenance uh, full-time with no intention of ever trying to uh, become a school teacher, which is uh, what I was planning on doing. Did my student teaching and everything. I just uh, couldn't do it. I hated it. <laughs> Did I know that? Did I know you were going to be a teacher? I don't remember. I don't remember. I know that's what uh, that's what I went to school for. Okay. Didn't work out, obviously. <laughs> like I say, I left. Uh, Was it four credits shorter of a degree? <laughs> so I yep. pursue the almighty dollar as we do. Well, and and uh, we didn't necessarily get along when we first met, so it wouldn't have been out of the realm of possibility for me not to have known that information about you. That is true. That is true. I guess um, I'm a big I'm a big time bowler, and I uh, smoke cigars, and uh, run a little. Not even a hobby farm. It's just legally it's a hobby farm, but it is not really a hobby farm. <laughs> we'll ask Somebody any, else, any of our IRS listeners to please stop the podcast now. Yes, yes, yes. It is legally a farm because somebody farms it, but I do not. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. I live in northern Minnesota. So, and we met at the bowling alley. We did. We did. And we did not get along. We did not. And I think we could sum it up without getting into a lot of, um, a lot of name calling and, and kind of angry words on our, on our first inaugural podcast, uh, by saying that when it comes to bowling, uh, Mike is a by the book rules follower. And I've, I'm just not. That is true. I have uh, coached uh, several people throughout uh, my life. I started bowling in leagues when I was four. And I've coached teenagers now, occasionally. And uh, my cousins are the head high school coaches in the area. And I firmly believe that there are right things to do and wrong things to do in bowling. And uh, (laughs) it's worked for me. So, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. uh, I was taught by my dad and that generation who are all Vietnam vets and they were very, you know, your backswing is this high and you take this many steps in, you know, blah, 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 blah. And that's, uh, kind of how I do it, I guess, even though I've modified that over time, obviously, but you have to have fundamentals, fundamentals before you can get creative. <laughs> and I just like being creative. Right. <laughs> but I think our our bowling scores probably reflect uh, which is the better methodology there. Yes. Although I don't yes, think we've is. ever bowled again since then because uh, we tried and we took a walk, uh, tried to take a walk while smoking some cigars uh, to a bowling alley. And uh, we kind of, it wasn't really accosted, uh, but we did get approached. We did. But Vikings Dam and his lovely Yes, but I'm talking about before that guy. We'll talk about Vikings Dam. But we were walking, and there was an older gentleman on the other side of the street, 
And he like shouted, nice ash. Cause we had, I don't know what we were smoking, but we had some bigger ones. And, um, and then he came over and we had to talk all about the cigars and stuff because I guess that it's not very common to see people walking around smoking cigars anymore. No, it is not. And we probably stick out. Uh, even in, uh, the metropolitan area, we stick out. Yeah. Well, I'm six, six and you had your pink bowling backpack on. Yes, I did. <laughs> Which then, I'm when six we... feet tall and bearded, so <laughs> sometimes so. I'm bearded and sometimes I'm not. Yes, it depends. This uh, this past winter, I had a really nice beard going, and I was doing a little trim, and my my trim guard fell off the the razor, and I couldn't stop it in time, and so I immediately put it down and and went to my wife and. She looked, took one look and started <laughs> started laughing her ass off. And I was like, okay, I guess it's noticeable. I'm going to have to shave the rest of this off then. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't even do like, it was just in that one spot where you can't do anything with it. You can't save it. It's gone. Like it's done. Yeah, the beard trimming accidents. I, uh, I like having a beard. I uh, couldn't have a beard for a lot of years working in the oil field. And uh, now I pretty much rock it full time. I had a pretty impressive beard there during COVID. I don't know how long it was. It had to have been four inches long. Yeah, it was good. It was quite large. Yeah. But got it to wasn't the point near where... as tickly as I thought. I thought it was going to be more scratchy tickly, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, it's soft. And I get the father Christmas beard going on. This is the big poof ball. Yeah. It just got in the way. I, I don't know how guys do it. I, I commend them, I guess, for their commitment to the bearded lifestyle. But I uh, much yeah, it is, prefer it is the, a lifestyle. It is. It is. I always like mine, you know, neater. I don't like the. Even in the winter, it gets hot and sweaty. You know, I think. Mm-hmm. If you let it I go never too, had issues too long. with that. It was uh, issues with everything else. You know, is do elaborate. Zip it up your jacket. Oh, okay. You yeah. zip up your jacket and you zip your beard in. Uh, you have to put your clothes on and then you have to brush your beard, you know, to get it not all flailed everywhere. Uh, when you eat or drink, you can get it in your mouth, you know, because it's so long and it's right in the way of everything that's around your face. Yeah. Beards. So. Beard still talking about. Yes. Yes. Beard still. So. I, uh, I just don't have the patience with... for hair maintenance uh, ever since I went bald. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just keep it short, and then I don't have to worry about it. I uh, don't know if you know this, but I have not had a haircut at a salon since 2015. I uh, went in for a cut because I had to go to a wedding uh, in India. So okay. I went to a professional and had my hair touched up because... Uh, my friend wanted us to look a specific way uh, for his month-long wedding. So uh, <laughs> I, went, I went and got it professionally done. But uh, even before then, I all throughout college, I cut my own hair with a razor. And uh, now I, I haven't cut it either. Uh, I hadn't cut my hair uh, since the start of COVID, actually, at all. Nice. So. That's I always just so uh, either do it myself in, my own, in our own bathroom here. Or my wife does it, you know. Well, Ever since I went bald, it was silly to spend, you know, like the, even the eighteen bucks or whatever it is on the buzz cut at the at the hair place. Sure. Yeah, James and I. Uh, James is a 
friend of mine. I've been friends with him since we were children, and uh, we went to college together. We were roommates for, for our listeners to know. And he's a he's an interesting character. I'm sure that uh, if anybody is listening, they'll hear stories about him. He's the one that but, lives uh, in the cabin with no water or electricity. He is, yes, yep. He's the one that lives with no uh, water or electricity. He does technically have one outlet now, because uh, he ran a 150 foot power cord to a uh, service that he had reconnected. Uh, it's enough to charge a cell phone. It is. It is. Yes, it's enough to charge a cell phone. Enough to run a uh, uh, what was tabletop stove. You know those little burners. Oh uh, yeah. That's what he heats his, his room with, is one of those and a fan over the top to blow the heat around, circulate the heat in his room. Yep. Uh, Anyone from that county listening, that's not what he does. <laughs> if you're I'm in the not government there. The county, but it's, <laughs> or the uh, state. We don't know where he lives. Yeah, yeah. We don't know the, the, the state, but he We, we don't know neighbor. his last name. <laughs> <laughs> we do not know his last name. Uh, I know that he's one of, uh, fun fact... He's one of three people that voted on the socialist ticket in our county. <laughs> well, he voted for the socialist ticket last presidential election, and I voted for Kanye West. And uh, we compared the numbers, and there was three people that voted socialist and like 70 people that voted for Kanye. I bet you're feeling here. pretty dumb right now, because now he's yay or ye. <clears throat> sure. You're sure. You know, I just thought that he was the most coherent candidate at the time. <laughs> and he probably so. was. <laughs> I and think, he may uh, still be. He, uh, objectively, I think that he is, yes. I'm waiting for the uh, Netflix documentary about him to come out so I can gain a deeper understanding of uh, him and his worldview. Yes, very uh, interesting character. But but yeah, so anyway, back to uh, James and I. James started buzzing his hair. And then uh, in college, we didn't have any money. We were eating out of a dumpster full time. So, uh, we just started, I just started buzz cutting my hair and that's why I got the crazy expensive trimmer because, uh, you know, if you're going to commit to the lifestyle, you might as well get a good one. That's my attitude. So yeah. Otherwise you end up buying, we had one that was a rechargeable one for a while. It was the cheapest one at the store, you know, and sure. it was rechargeable. It's like, Hey, cool. You don't have to mess with the cord and everything like that. And, uh, it just, it would, it wouldn't last the whole, the whole haircut. And then it started oh. like grabbing my hair and yanking and pulling and I wasn't even in the bedroom. So got rid of that one and got one of the corded ones. Sure. Yeah, I got, uh, it's an Oster brand and it's one of the ones that are made in America that you can replace the, the razor blades if they are. Oh yeah. Yeah. Up. Yeah. Which they shouldn't cause they're all like self-sharpening, I think. Yeah. And I oil it, I clean it and oil it every time I use it. I still trim my beard with it to get it all level. Oh yeah. Uh, so, and I'm sure that I'll start cutting my hair short again someday. My yeah. hair is uh, past my shoulders now, but uh, <clears throat> I'm sure that I will get the buzz cut again at some point. If, especially if I start to go bald. If I start to go bald, I'm going to do the Picard. Uh, yeah, the Picard's a good look. Yeah, it is. It is uh, perfectly acceptable, especially when you have a wife. Yep. It doesn't really matter at all. <laughs> yeah, as long as uh, the wife is happy, I don't care what I look like <laughs> for the most part. Right. Right. But I'm not so. quite I'm not quite to the point of going out yet and and having her say, Are you are you wearing that out? 
in public. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes like the dads, the older dads, you know, they got their pure white New Balance shoes with the socks up to their calves and like jean shorts or something. And they're like going out to the store, you know. I will get that occasionally. I will not tell a lie. <laughs> I will not tell a lie. I'll, uh, you know, be working around the house or something and I'll just have my work pants on, <clears throat> which are always carpenter jeans and a, a ripped up t-shirt and I'll have a pair of Birkenstocks on or something. And Sarah will make me change before we go into town. <laughs> the, the other fun, uh, the other fun thing we should probably mention is my wife's name is Sarah and your wife's name is Sarah. So it's just up to the listener to guess which Sarah we're talking about because we're all friends and hang out. So yes. And yes, actually before we, the show, we, uh, we met through my Sarah because she brought me to the bowling alley where Mike was. Yeah. And said, here's a hairy bastard you should get to know. Yeah. <laughs> I am a hairy bastard too. <laughs> and now I know him. Yeah. And now, now we know each other. I bowled, uh, I bowled the tournament this weekend. It's tournament season for those of, uh, those people who don't know that, uh, bowling has a tournament season for about two months at the end of the regular season, springtime. And I bowled the tournament this weekend and I want all my money back in gameplay, if you can believe it. Wow. And, that, uh, that's good. Yeah. Team, we took third, which I don't know how much money it's going to be. And then doubles, uh, my aunt and I took a word first at the end of the day. So congratulations. We'll see we, yeah. In the, in the scratch division. So, or a division a, which, uh, Lori averages 179 or something like that. And mine's much higher. So we obviously we qualified for scratch. <laughs> Not that it's obvious to anybody who doesn't know anything about bowling, but it's similar to golf with the handicap system. But, and you want the lowest score possible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get right? so have, have I been I doing so that hot. wrong? Have I been doing that wrong? I'm I not trying so. to get zeros. Yeah, it's like that uh, the whole one hundred collect uh, perfect zero or whatever, right? Yeah, I always I always remember the ten ten two twenty from I don't know late nineties, you know, and it was like Terry Bradshaw, and he's like, yeah, ten ten two twenty, you know, you call this and you get however much phone time for a minute or something or for a dollar. Yep. Yeah, I uh, took my nephew to the theater, and he is seventeen now. And, and what'd you uh, see? Well, what the heck did we see? Some inane uh, teenager film that I wasn't interested in watching. Some superhero film. I don't, I'm not into that. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, he wanted to go, and he never gets to go to the theater uh, for some reason, because he works all the time, probably. Yeah. So we went to hang out, and uh, I showed him all the area where the phones used to be, uh, as people who are our age know, before you know, high school, they're... Even yeah. in high school, there were no I cell always phones. used to go and check all the coin returns to see if there was a quarter I could get a gumball with or something. <laughs> but, oh my. This reminds me of going to the casino and getting up penny tickets and get building them up so we can get some money to gamble. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, James and I used to do that. We used to walk around the casino and get drunk. <clears throat> we were uh, not illegally drinking underage in high school and then we would uh <laughs> no uh mike's mike's old for his age everyone should know yes, he's very yes, old I, for I, his age i did not graduate high school until i was 21 years old uh 
But yeah, we'd smoke and walk around and pick up penny tickets so we could get enough money to gamble because we could afford to drive to the casino, which was not very far away, but we couldn't afford to gamble. So, <laughs> which I'm sure is a thing that most people have done who grew up in the area that had casinos. But, <clears throat> so, very entertaining. Uh, are we going to talk about the the impending doom of World War Three? Why not? I <laughs> thought I was gonna I was gonna lead with that, but then I thought, you know what? That's what they're gonna expect us to do. Everybody, every one of our fans and followers, they're gonna say, you know what? We're only listening to this to talk about the Ukraine, and uh, we had to make them wait, you know, twenty minutes. Uh, speaking did. of, we should do a, a quick stogie check. Oh, I was thinking the mine's, same thing. Mine's very nice and mellowed out now. Uh, yes, I've smoked. Oh, I got four and a half inches left, so I'm an inch, inch and a half in. And it is very pleasant now. Very smooth. Uh, yeah, this nice is really the best part of this cigar. Once it you is. get past that initial, like Mike was saying. It is. It is not a Gurkha. It is not a Gurkha. So... <laughs> Uh, you you got mm-hmm. that cigar? Did you get the Gurkha pack a couple years yeah, ago? Yeah, yep. I got the Gurkha pack. Um, yeah. We don't have any sponsors, but we do like the Pipes and Cigars uh, dot com for we do. bigger buys, bulk buys, kind of not not quite bulk. I mean, Mike goes bulk with them, but you can get a uh, good packs, good samplers. Yes, from there, and uh, we got uh, at the same time we got the twenty cigar sampler and smoked them. Yeah, and gave each other notes. And uh, I still have some left. And we swapped some sure. sticks, too. We swapped some sticks because they gave oh, you yes. a couple of duplicates, I think. Yes, they did. They or did. was this, they were running a sale where it's like you get uh, so many sticks for like 15 bucks or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They run that some was, deals like that. They run deals like that. We did that also. But I still have some of those Gurkhas left, if you can believe it, in the bottom of my uh, big humidor. I can believe it. You've got you've got a lot more sticks than I have. Um, yes. This so this past you. summer, we hung out a lot more, and we ended up smoking a lot more. So I've been trying this winter to kind of restock <laughs> for the mm. summer. Yes. But yeah, yes, yeah. World War Three. World War Three. So uh, I mean, it'd be what do you cool think? if it'd be cool if like we didn't have to get involved, but. Um, I think, I think, here's what I think. Um, I think that there are people, and I think I need to say this up front, is there are people that are very heavily invested in one side or the other, whether that starts with an R or a D. And the thing is that politics and the world is not R and D. It's not black and white. There's lots of other things. Uh, I personally hate all politicians and because they all lie and they don't care about us. They just want more money. And so when Biden came on and said, we're cutting off our importation of Russian oil and it's going to cost money and, and freedom costs money. And, you know, yeah, I understand things cost money, but we don't import that much from Russia for it to even make a difference um, at the pumps. <clears throat> yes. But here we are. But here we are. I uh I do fear that we will potentially get involved. I think it's a terrible decision. I don't really care what happens in Ukraine. 
not that I support uh, any military invading any other country for almost any reason. Almost any reason, yeah. <laughs> almost any reason. Uh, the United States, which we are both uh, from Minnesota, well, you're not originally from Minnesota. You're from that horrible cheese-eating state. Well, I was born in Minnesota, but I lived across the river, across the oh, that's right. there. So. That's right. Yes, that's right. So, so do uh, do with that what you will, listeners. Yes, yes. Um, so I think, like, on, on one hand, let's just say, growing up on a lot of John Wayne movies and things, I, in a movie sense, in a, in a fictional land, I would love nothing more than for us to go gangbusters and put Russia in their place once and for all, you know, and the Cold War and the new Cold War and, and you know, World War Three. But I think with the way that all the political alliances work out, that it's just, it's not a good decision. And it's not really our fight. Um, there's, there's layers to it. Um, what I was getting at is that we are both residents of the United States and uh, it's just a fact that the United States has been an aggressive imperial nation for a very long time. Probably, but, argu but arguably the whole history of the country, you know. But shorter than other countries. Well, yes, we don't have a history going back to 1000 AD or whatever, going into prehistory. But uh, for the duration, we've been fairly warlike. Uh, sometimes good, sometimes not. Yeah, we had isolationist uh, periods as well, but it seems like some sort of war always kind of drug us out of that. Well, even during our isolationism, my, my opinion was that it was mostly because uh, the government in Washington wanted to expand and take over the lands of the indigenous peoples of the continent. You know, we were fighting a, a war. It was just a, a different kind of war. It's a bait-and-switch war of uh, taking over territory that wasn't currently under control of the United States government. Uh, yes. That's a different the, argument entirely. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, uh, I just read a really interesting book that um, went kind of in-depth in a lot of that kind of things, but we're, we're well, talking about World War Three here. We'll talk we're about, talking about, World we'll World talk about conquest here, so. in a later, later episode. Yeah, later episode. But um, I don't agree with the invasion of New, uh, Ukraine, but we don't have a moral grounds to argue against it and but the they're cost. but they're bombing hospitals and killing pregnant women and children mike uh you know there's been a civil war there since uh 2012 so no I, I understand i'm just for yeah. the counterpoint you oh know, no no like, yes it's, it's very advocate. it's very yes. easy to emotionally and th and that's what i was saying with like you know watching the rah rah you know let's go in and kick their asses movies and things you know it's like emotionally there's probably nothing more rewarding than that. Here's a country that's, you know, killing civilians. And you've got the Ukrainian president who's basically saying, I'm going to stay here and fight. And like, why wouldn't you want to go fight with that? You know, just emotionally speaking. Well, I guess my emotions are tempered by uh, the fact that my dad's a Vietnam vet and all of his friends were Vietnam era vets. And my dad was also in for 30 years. Worked for the military as a civilian his entire life. Also, uh, my grandfather was in World War Two. My other grandfather was in Korea. And uh, yeah, I had a grandfather in World War Two that I was very close with, and then one of my 
other grandfathers was in Korea. So, my grandfather was damaged from his time in uh, the service, for sure. Yeah, I don't know that I've met anybody uh, from the service that didn't have something, some sort of reservations or some sort of... My dad does not. He was stationed in Korea fixing radios, uh, radar equipment, and he ran radar equipment after the war. So he doesn't, he never really, he, uh, what the heck, he's got seven, he was in seven conflicts, active duty, but he wasn't a uh, combatant, you know, and a lot of his friends weren't either. They were computer technicians and guys behind the scenes, so they never saw combat, but they were all very cynical about the motives of the government. Yeah. And my father worked for the military his entire life. <laughs> He's yeah, he encouraged all of us. <laughs> I have two other brothers. They both got out of high school right after the end of the Cold War and I got out of high school during the start of uh the uh invasion of Iraq. <clears throat> and he okay. encouraged yep. us to not join the military because of his cynicism towards the military even though he worked you know what my dad used to do. He worked for the military yep. his entire life. <laughs> he was cynical about the motives of uh, the politicians. Not really the military structure. He yeah. supported the military itself. but he was. I mean, always... it, all, it all comes from somewhere, and those at the top right. are less Corrupt. than trustworthy, we'll say. Unless they're listening, then we love you. Yes, yes, yes. So I also happen to agree that... Uh, the world does not break down into red and blue colors cleanly. So yeah, but no, I think like emotionally, it would be great to go and just you know, uh, do it. And I think that's what we should have done. You know, we had made up our minds in two thousand one that we're going to Afghanistan, and then it kind of spread from there. Uh, but I always kind of said or thought in my mind like, if we're gonna go, we shouldn't put a single boot on the ground. Just bomb it and leave and say, there, you know. Um, I don't know what that would be. That's probably why I'm not in politics or I didn't get elected. Um, actually, now I'm old enough. I can be elected to president. Um, yes, but... I'd vote for you. <laughs> I'd vote for you. And I think you could be you could be uh, uh, vice president, right? There's not an uh, agent on that, uh, is there? We can, we can both run. Uh, oh, yeah, because you'll be old uh, enough. Um, yeah, I'll be old enough. Well, why not? That's yeah. that's what we should gear up for. Yeah, we could we, we uh, could we'll be a, uh, create the cigar platform. Right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, logistically, so. uh, legally, logically, uh, I don't want to. I don't want us to do anything over there. Um, I don't. I don't. Want I kind us of to even like have, every uh, time I see on my news feed, um, you know, the U.S. imposed this sanction or that sanction. It's like. Okay, okay, but I mean, they already have all the weapons to use, <laughs> so it's, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's hurting their economy, but I, watch I, don't, I don't think that's what he channel. cares about. I watch a channel on YouTube called Survival Russia, and uh, it's a guy out there doing woodsman stuff in, uh, uh, oh, come on now, where the gulags were, Siberia. Yeah, Siberia. Yeah, Siberia, and he runs a little farm out there and stuff, and I like it because I kind of live with it. I live out in the middle of the hinterlands myself, you know. Yep, you've got your hobby farm. He's got his, um, yeah, whatever yeah, exactly. Russian so, hobby farm is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I want to watch his his uh, channel to learn little tips and tricks because I 
grew up messing around in the woods doing stupid stuff and it's just enjoyable like a nice little hobby uh but he's showing the prices and it's not really hurting their economy yet you know, the you know price i didn't of the pump think it is, was hasn't gone up he, he's I... been showing gas prices for the last month gas hasn't gone up because russia is just using their internal oil supply to boost it but so, you know what our gas did go up but that's because freedom's lot. expensive Yes, okay. Yeah, That's what our president free, said. Yes. Freedom is expensive. Oh God. And if you're a fan of Team America, it's at least the Bucko five. Yes. <laughs> I thought that Biden was uh did the most courageous thing any president has done in my lifetime, which was pull out of Afghanistan. I thought that was great. Yeah, you know, I really kind of thought uh, um I thought Obama was gonna do that. I hoped Obama did that, but he. Was I mean, I just, I, 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 I still can't believe we were there for twenty years. To do nothing. To do nothing. It's the fact. Yeah, is, because is then the Taliban's Taliban, back in charge, and they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna be nice to women this time," uh, but they're not. Well, the Taliban is the popular political party there. As much as we don't like that, it doesn't really, you know, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that they are supported by the populace largely so that'd be yeah do you know uh, i don't know if they're supported by the populace or if or if they've just got enough power that they can force force popularity is there a difference not really um we we even do it here to some extent um with uh you know if you if you don't vote republican or democrat you're stealing votes from them well if they didn't earn my vote they don't get it like you don't you're not entitled to my vote. Uh, for the listeners to be aware, I've lived in North or lived in North Dakota for uh, 13 years, I think. 13 years, 2006 to 2018. Uh, and there they have a single party state. Everybody's a Republican that gets elected. There are a handful of Democrats elected to the legislature, but <clears throat> they are only Republicans that get elected there. But their Republicans are not national Republicans. You know, they have liberal Republicans in North Dakota, if you can believe it or not. And that's kind of the same thing uh, in Afghanistan, I'm sure. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm guessing that there's probably uh, Talibanis who are uh, less severe. Pro-women's rights, maybe? I don't know if they're that far. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're that far. Yeah, but I mean, know, I did... I uh, I uh, researched something interesting. I got into a uh, political argument, which I've sworn to not do that. Um, but, you know, sometimes if you're uh, partaking in some alcoholic beverages and you have yes. somebody on the, the far opposite side of the spectrum from you, um, although I would consider myself like kind of in the middle, uh, by and large, like I like smoking. Everybody does, but it's I like true. drinking. I like shooting guns and I like people to have their rights and for the government to leave them alone. Um, which I guess sounds more like, you know, conservative Republican. Um, I would say that you were, uh, socially libertarian. Yeah. I would probably identify with the libertarians if they hadn't done the whole like tea party and kind of got really weird, um, as a party, you know? So that's why I kind of have trouble. And it's also why I don't, uh, I don't really have like, well, I don't have any tattoos, but if I did, I wouldn't get like a band tattoo because like you like this one band and then all of a sudden they come out with like a crap album and you're like, ew. And then, you know, suddenly it's like, oh, I shouldn't have got that Nickelback tattoo. Because um, <laughs> everyone liked them for a while. Story. Everybody liked them for a while. <clears throat> I have a great Nickelback story. 
but continue. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So I'm going to share my research and then we're going to do the Nickelback story. Okay. Perfect. Um, so we were, we were arguing and we we're arguing about news media and, and so it was with my dad and he said that because I lived in the big city now in Minneapolis, um, which I don't actually technically live in Minneapolis, um, but that's beside the point. Um, Cause if you're not in the city area, the twin cities area here, uh, you're one of those city people. Yes, no matter where yes. you came from or like how much time in the woods you spent. Um, Cause that was me as well as a kid. Um, and he was like, Oh, you, you know, you're watching that city news that CNN and they're so far left and NPR. And he was like really railing against NPR. And so I was like, okay, let's look it up. And so I found this website. And so it has to be true because it was on the internet. Uh, but it, I can't remember the site, but it, it seemed to be reputable, you know, um, didn't seem like they were doing anything. And so NPR, uh, they had the spectrum like left and left went all the way down to like extremist, like conspiracy theory. And the right went all the way over to right conspiracy theory stuff. And so NPR was like a smidge to the left of center. And Fox I would News, agree with that, yeah. And Fox News was like encroaching into the conspiracy theory, the side of the right, <laughs> right part of that scale. Uh, and, yeah. they, and they had the other news sources too. Um, but really that's why I told myself I'm not going to do any more political talks or uh, political arguments, um, with somebody who can't, because as a nation, I think we've lost the art of having civil conversations with people with differing opinions or viewpoints than us. And if somebody can't stay calm and talk to me about an issue, I don't care if it's politics. Uh, I don't, I don't follow sports anymore because, People were getting so riled up about the Packer Viking thing, you know, and like name calling. And it's like, well, dude, it's entertainment, oh. man. We're just, we're watching this together. Yes. I hope the team I'm cheering for wins and I hope your team doesn't. But at the end of the day, my life's no different if my team wins or loses, like no different at all. So we can be friendly about it. You know, Mark's. Uh, I've been accused of being a centrist Marxist and a socialist many times. Is that because of the beard or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because of the beard. But uh, Marx said that uh, sports and entertainment were the opiate of the masses. And it's true because a lot of people really care about their team of whatever winning. Yeah. Which is irrelevant. It doesn't change my life at all. Who wins it's, it's irrelevant. Loses. And I mean, I yeah. guess that people need to be passionate about something, but that passion shouldn't override being a nice person to other people <laughs> you know like right. it's just there's going to be people out there that disagree you know and you get you get so many more good insights and really good english language speaking um like i just did there um by talking with people with different opinions like otherwise you don't learn anything right i it's, I lived in Minneapolis for those listeners out there. I lived in Minneapolis for about a, a year. That was the and, best year, man. It was the <laughs> best year. It was actually very enjoyable. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, but I found people to, there to be just as ignorant as uh, these hicks out in the middle of nowhere, possibly even more so, because uh, people get just set in their views and then they. Well, they get set in their views. Look at people as their other, you know, they can put them in the other category. Yeah, and then they get righteous in their views, and that's the worst part. Yes, they can pass judgments on the negative nasty for everything. It's insane. And it doesn't matter. Like, all all 
genders do it, all races and classes, and you know they all do it. Everybody does it's, it. I, I've I, been yeah. guilty of it too. You know, oh, absolutely. I, I am uh, uh, a bad person in many ways. You know, <laughs> <laughs> mistakes have been made. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing is, you know, the modern culture, modern society is mistakes are bad. You should never make a mistake. So then they get so people get so caught up in what they believe is right and what they think is right or what they think they know is right. And then if you disagree with them, that could could then like out a mistake that they made. So they have to fight even harder against it. I uh, I was always taught that admitting that you were wrong. Is a sign of, uh, you know, self-confidence. Uh, maybe that's an old-fashioned view of being alive. And that's certainly not what people do now in many cases. They don't want to admit that they their perception was incorrect, you know. Yes. And, uh, both. and I've, I've done that quite a few times in my life. I've, you know, oh, sure. hey, I think I was wrong about that. I had no, you know, I had no idea. Um, right. And I, I try, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's easier to be passionate about something and just argue and call names for sure. It's way more, uh, emotionally satisfying to be self-righteous. Yeah. Than self-reflective self-reflection is so painful at of, times. Speaking <laughs> about, uh, self-righteousness, uh, tell me this Nickelback story. Oh, Nickelback. So I was working in Fargo at a restaurant. Now is, uh, North Dakota, are they pro Nickelback? Well, the population in Fargo watched Nickelback. They were very popular at the time. And they had a big, successful show. Yes. And I was cooking uh, at the fanciest restaurant in town, or one of the fancier restaurants. So Nickelback decided after the show to come to this restaurant. We stayed open late for them and all, all that stuff. Because <clears throat> the uh, the head chef, they, they they worked it out ahead of time, so he kept the full staff on. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, all that Stuff so Nickelback could come in and they could have a couple drinks and eat food and all that. And we had the opportunity as a kitchen staff to go out there and meet Nickelback. And uh, the chef was really excited and he was happy, you know. And it was a very nice thing that he did for us, really. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you like their music or not. It's cool to meet. Yeah, it's very cool, very cool. But not one person from the back of the kitchen, which I was not working on the line. I was doing back prep prep work, you know. Okay, Working yeah. with a knife full time. Not one person from the back went to go meet Nickelback when they were there. That's how much they were hated by the staff of that restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't go either. You didn't I, go. I didn't uh, go either. You no, didn't go I shake should've. hands with Chad. Yeah, I, I, no, I should have. I should have. You know, I was uh, a, a much younger man at the time in my early twenties, <laughs> and uh, maybe even uh, very early twenties. I think very early twenties. Yeah, and I, I didn't go. I, sh- I should have. I should have. They're, I'm sure they're uh, fine gentlemen. And I don't even dislike their music. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's you know, not, I mean, it's not it, my cup of tea. They got, yeah, they got kind of a bad rap, you know, uh, of late recently, you know, but. Um, I don't know why. It's, it's like, fine. you know, they, they have like the number one songs, a couple number one songs for a long time. Like they were crazy popular. And right. um, they're, they're not bad. Know, I mean, and, and now they're not popular anymore, I guess. But yeah. uh, I'm not a fan of new, new metal and new rock or by any means, but uh, they're good. They're not tool. Yeah, as, that's uh, that's true. As the phrase goes, <laughs> not not they many are not things tool. are. Not many things are. No. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that was. I will. I will always remember that until I, you know, 
lose my mind. <laughs> yeah, I haven't <laughs> met uh, I haven't met very very many you know like nationally or interna- or internationally famous um, musicians. We go to a lot of local shows or you know smaller shows down here in the in the cities. But uh, we did go to the Warp Tour in 2008, and Angels and Airwaves was there, uh, which is Tom DeLonge and company. Um, no Mark or Travis, though. But uh, And Katy Perry was there, and we met both, uh, both all of Angels and Airwaves, and they were really nice. Um, and actually, Tom DeLonge is the reason we got that UFO footage uh, a few months back, uh, Declassified. He's been, oh. working, he's been working on, uh, he believes aliens are real, and he believes we've already made contact, and he believes the government is uh, hiding it from us. I don't know. I don't know. I, I believe that in the vastness of space that there's probably life out there. Um, I don't know if it's come and, and visited us. Uh, <laughs> so, well, you know, uh, certainly I don't wake up with a, a sore ass um, without knowing why, I guess. Right. Well, it's just... Uh... We're probably on similar pages with that. Statistically, it's likely. Well, statistically, um, it's not. Uh, statistically, there is no life in the universe. Uh, and I learned this from reading Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, and, of course, this is a satire. But if you look at it mathematically, there's a, a finite number of inhabited planets. And right now it's one. You know, like we know for a fact one planet is inhabited. Mm-hmm. And there's an infinite number of uninhabited planets, and this is this is what he says in his book, and therefore the average population of the universe is zero. So anyone you meet is probably a figment of your imagination or you of theirs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's possible. <laughs> very possible. That yeah. goes into you know, there's different philosophies on that sort of thing which is always interesting to learn about. Yeah, very I interesting am, to learn about. Uh, I have about three inches left of the cigar. Yeah, about the same. Still... I, I increased my uh, smoke rate to try and match you. Ah, then I slowed down. I slowed down. And we met in the middle. Mm-hmm. And this is now becoming uh, bolder. Yep. And uh, more uh, flavor-rich. And I like it. I, I like that uh, darker flavor. Yeah, it so. is nice. I usually like the a um, little bit darker cigars myself. As do I. Even though as I've uh, gotten older, uh, background information, I started smoking cigars when I was 18. There was a cigar shop in the town that I grew up in. And uh, started smoking cigars in high school once I turned 18. Of course, because they wouldn't allow somebody underage into a proper, real cigar shop. Yep. And uh, So you must have been I, I 21 because you were drinking um, at that time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I was 21. Uh, but anyway, uh, but I started smoking cigars then, and I was obsessed with the dark cigars, you know, probably more bravado than anything. And now yeah. I've, I've, I've grown to appreciate the lighter cigars, Uh they're just interesting to try, you know. Yeah, light and dark, and, you know, it's all good. Um, yeah. I mean, there are definitely some bad cigars out there. That's oh, not what right. I'm saying is, um, you know, but it's like normally if I'm going for beer, I like the IPAs or the New England, you know, the hazy stuff. I don't, I don't, I'm kind of shying away, not shying away, but um, I used to really like, oh, give me the hoppiest, like, punch-in-the-face beer you can find. And now it's like, no, I'd, I'd rather have, you know, like the hazy. Um, I just, I still like IPAs better. 
um, than a lot of other things. I know you like um, porters and things, um, but they fill me up. Oh, see, I'm a big fat guy, so I don't get filled up. Really. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I uh, just so everybody knows, I uh, was drinking. I just finished it, a Great Northern Porter by Summit. And uh, I like that beer. It's a good daily. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, just a nice, nice drink. But I'm also drinking a uh, Moscow Mule with uh, Bundaberg ginger beer. Because I'm nice. a Costco member, not a sponsor. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and uh, could some, be, though. Uh, could be. Could be. Cold North Vodka, uh, which they're not a sponsor either. Not but, that. But uh, they it's called could be Cold as well. North Vodka. It's Five Rocks Distilling. Uh, They've got some they good could, stuff. They definitely there. they they have some great stuff there. I'd like they to go in there. Um, I've driven past it. Um, that's about uh, we're about two hours apart, uh, uh, Mike and myself. But uh, he you brought some down and we had it. and It was great. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I like having a distillery uh, around, and I like trying the uh, the little distilleries. They have a lot of interesting stuff to try. You know. Yeah, you get stuff you don't you wouldn't find at the liquor store, you know, necessarily mm-hmm. unless they distribute there, but by and large your average liquor store you get, you know, the 500 flavors of uh UV vodka. Yes. Yes. The uh Chancaska. We had that uh hops infused whiskey and I I still Oh yeah. I still like that one. But you don't get stuff like that from Jim Beam or something, you know. No, you certainly <laughs> you don't. To, you certainly do not. Um, so. And I quite liked, uh, Mike introduced me to the Whistler. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stuff's good. Very good. Uh, Very good. Actually, like for beer now, um, the closest liquor store that I go to is the the one at the grocery store, and they've got a very small, uh, small selection. Okay. And so I, and they have a lot, all the S's. Um, so it's like they've got Summit and Surly. And Sierra Nevada. So whenever I'm at it, like a different, <laughs> different liquor store, I'm like, I need to get a beer that doesn't start with S. Um, yes. But not that those are bad beers. It's just that's typically where I'm at when I'm getting beer. Um, but recently, um, I've really uh, Trader Joe's. They had one, or they have one. It's like the Boat Swain, and it, uh, it's uh, like a double double IPA. It's eight um, percent, and that's that's a pretty hefty beer, but they came out and they just like just this year, they just came out and it's a hazy IPA, but it's that same Boatswain brand or whatever it is. I don't, I, I guess I should look and see where it's from um, or who makes it, but it's, it's like $4 for a six pack. Wow. And it's actually a nice drink. Really? It really is. It, it really is. So next time that we're in the same uh, vicinity, I'll, we should pre-plan it a little bit so I can, um, Get you, get you a six pack so you can try it. Absolutely, absolutely. When I was uh, younger, living in Fargo, I used to drink a beer called Glicks Brown, and uh, G L U I C K S. I think okay. they might have changed their name to Great Northern Brown or some nonsense like that. But it's Glicks Brown. Yep. And uh, you could get a twenty four pack for like twelve dollars. Yeah, it was super cheap, but it was actually good. Yeah. yeah, for a drinking I, beer. You know. I always try and aim, um, unless I'm getting like a special beer, you know, uh, just for like my everyday drinking beer. I try and aim for somewhere around a dollar a can. Yes. I feel like that's a good deal. 
um, now you can get quite a bit better deals um, in Wisconsin where I grew up uh, because Wisconsin has way different, like drastically different uh, liquor laws than Minnesota. You can buy beer in gas stations and things and you can buy, you know, hard alcohol in gas stations. Um, but uh, my wife and I went for my brother's wedding and we went out with him and uh, his wedding party kind of is, it, it wasn't really a groom's dinner, but it kind of was. Um, and you could buy a pint of beer, local beer, that's really good. You can't even get it unless you're in Wisconsin. And it was $4 for a pint. And in the Twin Cities here, you go to a, you go to a microbrew and it's $8 for a glass of beer. And so <laughs> my wife and I both told the waitress, yeah, I'll take two. Uh, to start, you know, so we were double fisting and they had no problem with it. They didn't check our IDs. They're like, yep, two beers coming up. You know what you're about. So okay. there we go. Oof. Yeah. The price of everything is going up. Yep. Which is, it's the price to be free, Mike. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's the price of freedom. Well, uh... <laughs> <laughs> the price of freedom. And, you know, like, honestly, as much as we kind of like a bitch and moan about prices of things going up. Um, I think the, the situation over in the Ukraine there, um, with them being invaded. And then I, I thought, you know, it's, it's times like these where, even though I still have issues with it, but it's times like these where I'm glad we spend what we spend on our military, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I'm sure I know that there's ways we can still keep ourselves safe and not spend so much on military and spend on other things that are maybe more important for, you know, humanity. But I'm not, I'm not sitting here worried that Russia is going to invade me or Canada or Mexico. Um, Like that's just not something that the average American worries about. I don't think. Uh, It's not, but uh, I think the Japanese military in World War II put it best that uh, an invasion of the continent would be uh, astronomically expensive in lives because every farmer and workman has a gun at home. Yeah. At least has, at that time. Or has somebody in their lives that has multiple guns that would loan some out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, then, you know, like the size, the size of our country, like it's, it's massive, you know? Um, oh yes. You're just, you're not going to do it. And you're, and you know what? Probably, probably nobody's going to invade Russia either. I don't know. I mean, that's just, you, you be could, a terrible but decision. it's, be it's a terrible so, decision. it's so big, you know? Right. It would be horrible. I mean, where we live, uh, Sarah and I, uh, you know, how are you going to invade a forest? Well, yeah. How, <laughs> how know, are you going uh, to get there? Yeah, You're, how, we're how almost, we're this? almost like in the center of the country. You'd have to start on one side, one of the coasts and try and like work your way to get us. <laughs> well, even if, uh, fascist, Trudeau decided to come down with his military forces, let's say. Well, yep. How, uh, how is that going to work? Every hick in the north has a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, and, and, and then what would it get him? Because, like, even right. Minneapolis is not a, a strategic military target. Like, you're not going to, like, oh, I captured Minneapolis. Good, good for you. Um, right. Can you and fix our roads, please? What is it? Eight miles or eight miles, eight hours south of the border. Yeah. That's a long So it's like, 
It's a long, it's a long tank ride, is what it is. That is a long tank ride through a lot of a lot of, a lot of bathroom breaks for that. Yes, yes, uh, it is. <laughs> but you know, it's not going to gain him anything because even if you capture Minnesota as a as a state, it's like cool. We'll drop a star from the flag. It's yours. Take it. <laughs> like we right. don't have anything here. Well, we have tachinite, and we have. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying like a mili- military. Uh, advantage like you're not yeah you're not taking an oil field (laughs) minnesota's not even a good place to launch an invasion from if you you know like oh i'm in minnesota well it's still like two days to any either of the coasts so absolutely you know good luck we've been watching uh stargate and okay uh, yeah jack o'neill who's the main character have you seen stargate nate i've seen the movie yeah oh okay so we're watching the television show together yeah and they kind of like uh, the movie launched the television series, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. The, the movie launched the television series, and then they uh, obviously put uh, TV actors instead of Kurt Russell and uh, yeah, yeah, whoever else was in it. Yeah. So uh, James Spader. James Spader, yes. Yeah, now it's uh, – oh, I can't remember the actor's name for Daniel Jackson, but it's Richard Dean Anderson, a fellow okay. Minnesotan, as yep. the main character. But they always have him go back to his cabin in Minnesota, and the cabin's actually in Vancouver. Okay. So we're like, oh, maybe we'll go and visit this cabin, you know, because it's part of a state park or something in Vancouver. Yeah. And uh, it was a 25-hour drive from where <laughs> we're at. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that's a long ways away. <laughs> maybe if we're out, out there seeing something else, we can work right, that yeah. in, but it's yeah, not the sole can. reason to make a 25-hour trip. Oh, I do that. Uh, for funsies, I do it. Yeah, but. yeah, not not with gas where it is now. No, 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 no. Gas was a dollar a gallon for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've got a little Honda Civic, um, and it it uh, it's from when I graduated high school. So it's a 2004, and you know I get uh, almost 40 miles to the gallon. Um, it's got a 12 gallon tank, and I filled it up uh, like two days ago, and it was 50 bucks, 50 dollars. Wow. And normally I can fill it for like 25, you know. And it's like, oh. Even I'm not driving anywhere <laughs> with right. that. Right. Sarah filled up her uh, Kia Soul yesterday, and it was fifty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Maybe That's I will incredible. stay home. Yes. Yeah. Stay home. Which uh, we always now we are literally planning our trips. You know, one time in, one time back. That's it. Yep. So, which is fun. Yeah. That's what I had to do when I was a teenager, so it's not. Yeah, it's it's not, you uh, know unfamiliar territory. <laughs> yeah, and like I said uh, too, you know, we can adapt to higher gas prices and things um, because of where we live and the lifestyle that we have, and um, and that's nice. But you know, we I also understand that that's not what the people in the Ukraine have. That's not what you know, people even near Russia have, um, cause there's not a lot of countries that have the military that we have. So even, even other, you know, first world countries and things in Europe or in that, in that region, um, probably have to be sweating a little bit. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. Uh, nobody has a military like we have. We spend significantly more yeah else. one uh so i had one of my neighbors over and uh we, we also enjoy cigars and um alcohol 
um, but he was saying that uh, he's convinced that if nothing gets done to stop Russia, then China is going to go after Taiwan. You think so? Uh, I've heard he, uh, rumblings. He's, he certainly thought so because it's kind of, and that's kind of where things get a little more complicated too, because it's not just one country invading another. Because um, ever since World War II, there hasn't really been a whole lot of open fighting. Um, uh, you know, there has been, there has been, but not at that level. And everybody, I think, is on edge about these countries that have nuclear capabilities. Um, and how do you how do you fight a war that has any sort of end um, without triggering you know nuclear retaliation? Um, and so I think what his point was is that China's watching, and this is a good, um, good study for them to do, you know, if, if America and other, other countries don't step in to help Ukraine by putting troops on the ground, uh, then what's, then who's going to put troops on the ground to stop them from taking Taiwan back? Sure. That's, gosh, that's a scary thought too, because we're so embedded are we are not but american business has decided to get embedded with communist china yeah well we're embedded everywhere because uh capitalists likes likes like to make money um, right yeah they don't care about consequences yeah and they don't care about political affiliations you know and no it's like if they have money to spend and they want to spend it with me that's great absolutely um absolutely which is yeah, uh, did you hear about the news in Israel that just came out, I don't know, over the weekend, I suppose? Uh, no, I did not. We were, <laughs> we were entertaining. <laughs> ah, I see, I see. So uh, Israel, who is a great ally of the United States, I will not say anything against that. They certainly are in the Middle East. Yep. One of our uh, strong allies. Uh, since the early 2000s, they have yearly or annually banned marriages uh, between Palestinians and Jews in Israel. And they didn't renew it last year, but now they've made it a permanent law that a marriage between a Palestinian and an Israeli Jew is void. Null and void. Can't happen. So, you know, we are supporting a state that is are they're doing things that would never be accepted here. That would never be. Hopefully, gosh, I'd hope that that would never be accepted here. Um, but even then, what what's their consequences for that? Nothing. You know, there's no consequences for them banning basic human rights to individuals. You know, that's pretty intense. That's pretty intense hatred. That is that is intense. <laughs> that's pretty um... intense. <laughs> You know, that's uh, miscegenation laws uh, all over again, which was uh, the rule of the order in, in our country 50 years ago. Yeah. Is... And it's been the rule of, of a lot of countries um, and still is in a lot of countries, too. Mm-hmm. Um, most of which I'm assuming we're not allies with. <laughs> but, well, uh, you know, we are, though. Because look at uh, Saudi Arabia and Israel. And, uh, we're, all, we're allies with all those, I would say. I don't want to say evil regimes, but they're definitely doing things that are not very good. 
Yeah, <laughs> they're not nice. They're not. They nice. are not nice. They are not um, nice. No. But then, I mean, you know, what is what is our role in all of that? Um, you know, and, it, and it's kind of uh, maybe comes back to what we we're talking about at the very beginning. You know, sports even, um, and being so like self righteous that you can't have allies. You know, um, because certainly we are hopefully getting benefit from having them as allies. Oh, certainly. Israel is a great uh, foothold, so to speak. And I would feel probably, probably feel comfortable going to Israel, I guess, as an American. Yeah. But But where uh, would, I mean, and where would we be if we didn't, you know, where would we be if we were so black and white in our dogma that we couldn't have allies? Right. I guess, you know, like, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say what they're doing is right. Well, it's clearly not right. <laughs> yes. No, I, no, I, no I, I'm with you. I'm just saying like, yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm, not I'm saying, saying like, you know, um, so, some of, some of the things is, uh, some of the stuff is you're going to have people you disagree with, uh, but you can yes. still be civil with them and maybe try and, and enact change there differently um, than going to war or screaming at them <laughs> or calling them names. You, you've been here, obviously, but people who don't know, uh, this was originally a uh, just a deck, and my dad added it on, uh, oh, 2008, maybe. He had he had this little uh, Four Seasons porch on. It was after I left house. Uh, I put the rafters up when I was in college. But I never got to get any benefit from the Four Seasons porch living here. I bought my parents' farm uh, from them when they retired. That was their plan, their master plan to get me to move back to Minnesota. <laughs> well, it worked. It did work. Yeah, they wanted to suck me in to uh, to living uh, in my hometown, which is a uh, a lovely place, uh, but it doesn't have a lot of opportunities if you stay here. Like many, yeah, it's, uh, it's a nice place to visit. It's a nice place to be from, as I used to say. Yeah, yep. <laughs> it's a nice place to visit. Um, NAFTA uh, and trade with China destroyed this region of the country, as far as the old industrial base. Yeah, uh, and people are very aware of that here. Uh, growing up, it was heavily, very strongly Democrat. Uh, extremely so i mean you know dfl democratic farmer labor was the dominant party and now it's the opposite it's all republicans republicans that are not racist or yeah they're not like evil wicked people like the news wants to say but they're very aware of nafta and the effects of like bill and hillary clinton there's a lot of anti-clinton sentiment here which i uh, subscribe to myself (laughs) to be honest uh, because they did. Uh, NAFTA really screwed over the paper industry, and iron is dying forever. And you know, yeah, it's just regional politics. That I'm sure people. Let's say we have a single listener from outside of the region. They might not know that uh, the industrial base here was the main driving force, and now it's entirely gone, and now it's all tourists. 
basically, I would say. Is that fair? Yeah, it's fair it's uh, definitely a tourist uh, town, tourist region. Uh, the yeah. ton, ton of lake resorts up there. Uh, yeah, golf and uh, snowmobiling. And golf, lakes. snowmobiling, lakes, uh, yeah. destination wedding type of things. A lot of that yeah. going on. Destination wedding. I never got that. Maybe it's because I'm from here. <laughs> yeah oh, why would i want to get married in my backyard it's my backyard yeah exactly it's like oh i mean i, I if I, I it's a fine place to get married i suppose but if you're not from here why do you want to <laughs> come here <Yeah>. to get married <laughs> but <clears throat> yes so yeah I, uh so cigar wise i i have about two inches left and it's getting a little sour yeah uh same with me I did all in all, off. all in all, it's good smoke. Oh yes, very good. And I let it cool off a little bit now, and it's it's getting its flavor back, so to speak. Yes, uh, but but not as nice as the the middle of the stick was. No, by no means. By no means, which is a, you know, everybody knows, fairly typical cigar trait for something that's a little bit longer. So on World War Three, do we have a solution? We don't have a solution, do we? We don't even. I don't is know. That bad we ever, for the Ukrainians. We, yeah, we. I mean, we never promised one. I guess. Yeah, um, that's true. I don't. I don't know. How would How would you resolve it? I don't think the U.S. should do sanctions. I think the sanctions are pointless. Well, a they're they're of, not uh, immediate for sure, and uh, you know, Russia has its own allies. Um, right and can get its own resources elsewhere um so we're certainly not their biggest oil contract so by stopping that we're not really no i've heard on the news that it's three percent of our total oil supply yeah it's going to be a disruption uh to us to an extent and of course our corporations are going to make any excuse to you know raise prices of gas Always, right? Yeah, raise prices Always. of anything. We've had raise the, the worst inflation since '82 or something. <clears throat> yes, yeah, inflation is uh, well, it's real. Let's put it that way. But uh, hey, there's nothing that we really can do unless we want to go to war, which yep. is disastrous. That's for uh, for all sides, probably. All, oh yeah, it's it's a non a non-starting uh, point. That's uh, <laughs> I I can't imagine how terrible the consequences for that would be. We might not even exist as a species after that. Yeah, I um, you know, some of these some of these people like uh, North Korea, uh, in particular, with their nuclear tests and all of that, it's just you know, like what what's the outcome? Like what's the end? <laughs> what's the end of end yeah. game of that? Um, nothing good. No, no, no. And North Korea would have been, when we started the war on terror, that probably would have been a better point to uh, get involved with North Korea if we were ever going to do so. Yeah. Too late now. We've lost the game on that. But. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then it kind of comes down to, like, are we the world police or not? Right. Well, Team America World Police. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but a lot I mean, of people like, do feel that way. But... Yeah, we could have we could have done a lot of things, um, and I think you know, by and large, with other uh, let's just say empires or you know, 
world powers, um, we've shown maybe more restraint, not not all the time, uh, but more restraint than other other empires um, of a similar age. You know, if you go back through history, and you know, find empires that have been are young. You know, world powers that are young. Um, they were all about world domination. We have been, but it's more economic domination. People internally, it's still, uh, what would be called? Uh, it's almost political death if a politician calls the United States an empire, which we clearly are. Yeah. I don't understand why people hesitate to admit it. Uh, we've always been an empire. Always. Even as a colony, we were an empire. You know, you can't say that moving into Ohio and taking over lands of foreign peoples isn't an imperial move. And we've been doing it since the beginning in many ways. We praise the Louisiana Purchase like it's some sort of great thing that Thomas Jefferson did, which in many ways it was, but it was a move of an empire, undeniably. Yeah, I mean, but the point is that an empire, just by being an empire, isn't intrinsically bad. No, I, I don't know, think it's intrinsically uh, bad to be an empire necessarily, no. It, it, it's it, not, mostly, uh, it more depends like what the empire does, you know, what... Right. The, pro the, the promise of America is uh, wonderful. We haven't lived up to that promise, which is a problem. But uh, we do have high goals, as they say. Yes. And I think uh, next episode, we should talk a little bit about uh, the book that I uh, just finished and um, kind of uh, that author's view on, you know, world powers and indigenous peoples and how throughout history, how, how that's kind of been handled. What book was it? That was the black rednecks and white liberals. Oh yes. You finished it. I finished it. Uh, it's just, uh, for those that don't know, it's a, it's a series of, I think five or six essays um, that kind of sort of tie, tie in, but he, he really does. He talks about, uh, blacks in the south and he talks about um jews and other middlemen uh races or cultures and uh, he talks about slavery in general you know in the grand the grand the big picture of slavery and um and then he has some really interesting thoughts on um what i would call reparations for the past oh okay I'll have to bring up. Uh, I'll have to bring up the old genealogy book because uh, yeah, I haven't read it for a while. I do have it. I got it uh, from a relative in North Dakota, but uh, to my understanding, my family are original OG hillbillies, uh, English English hillbillies, supporters of William of Orange back in the day. So, very interesting subsect of uh, our history. <laughs> well that's our plan then for episode two sounds good yes thank thank you all for listening yeah and uh if you get a chance to pick up uh one of these cigars we've been smoking uh give it a try absolutely i'm still smoking the cigar are you I'm, done me as well i'm still smoking it too oh okay yeah, i just, I I just thought like if we don't if we don't wrap up the episode um it's just gonna be you know 
hours of us reminiscing and, yes, and continuing yes. to talk about things. That's very true. Yeah, you got to be tidy. I, I know that I'm, uh, I let it sit and uh, it did not go out. My cigars yep. rarely go out, as you know, but uh, it's back being good. They rarely have a chance to go out, um, quite honestly, <laughs> with you. Even if I set it down? Even if you set it down. I mean, you, you smoke maybe like a cigar and a half to my one, um, so sometimes more. That is true. That is true. I uh, I definitely puff them down. But All right, folks. Folk. Probably <laughs> Nate. Probably Nate and not yep. our wives. Yep. Well, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. <clears throat> maybe not. Somebody. Somebody's listening out there. Uh, you know, when the, when the radio, when I was listening to the radio um, as a kid, and they'd always go, and thank you t- for listening. And I was like, how do they know? Like, do they have like a board with numbers? And uh, and then I realized, like, no, they just say that because they're just assuming somebody's listening. Uh, and it's nice to be called out. So thank you, listeners. Yes, thank you, listeners. 